the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, series two, episode six, Removing Our Idols. What is wisdom? What does that word even mean? How can we implement wisdom in our everyday lives? Psychiatrist and executive coach, Dr. Sunil, invites you to join him on a transformational and sacred quest to experience meaning, purpose, and fun in both your life and work. These podcasts will not only empower you to wisely navigate through a confusing world, but to grow in body, mind, and spirit, which will ultimately have us dancing with wisdom. Hello, and welcome to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast. My name is Sunil Raheja, and we invite you to join us on this quest to make sense of life. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we have been certainly on that quest. I still feel like we're scratching the surface, but we've covered so much already. And there's something that I want to bring up now, which is about removing our idols mm. you see so and the reason why is because we bought you you do actually address this um in your text but it's something which i've always been thinking about as well and that is what role do these superstars or the powers so-called powers that be what role do they have to play on us are i mean and are they being wise before they even give us the yes. information and are we wise actually listening? Yes. I mean, that's a big topic. What are your topic. thoughts on this? Yeah, so just in a sense, for our listeners and viewers, just to get the context of where we are, we're looking at the whole area of wisdom and we're trying to understand why we should discover wisdom. We've talked about desiring wisdom, wisdom for the heart, wisdom for the mind, wisdom for life. And now we're talking about developing wisdom. And in the last podcast, we talked about ego and getting the right healthy balance of ego, understanding that as a healthy attention to oneself, not thinking too highly of oneself and not thinking too little of oneself. And another word for that is humility. So not thinking of yourself less, but thinking less of yourself. That's, that's the key thing there. And one of the things that gets in the way in terms of understanding how we manage our, our ego is the importance of idols and removing idols. And you just you just made a reference earlier. You know, when we think of idols, particularly here in the West, we think of American Idol or we think of, you know, these great famous pop stars and these larger than life images that people go crazy over. They spend, you know, their time and energy collecting their, their pictures or uh, stalking them or finding out about them, you know, these celebrities. But that's because that's what people say. You know, they say, who's your idol? Mm. My idol is... And this generally goes to a film star, yeah, pop yeah. star, someone who's got the perfect body. Yes, that's right. Like, yeah. You know, it's quite shallow. And it's, and it's all about image, it's, you know, because even there's this larger-than-life, glamorous person, maybe very beautiful, very handsome, maybe got lots of money, is very, very successful. And... We pour a huge amount of emotional energy and attention and focus. And, you know, in many ways, there's nothing new. That's the way that we're wired. Going back thousands of years, people talk about statues that people bow down, looking to them for extra power. People look to, yeah, even today, people worship uh, different statues and idols that they, that they give reverence to. But I think the root of idolatry is this issue about overemphasis, over-devotion to something. And one of the things I try to bring out in the book is that 
idols, idolatry is not just celebrities. It's not just statues that people bow down to. But actually, and this is a famous theologian said, is, is that the human heart is an idol factory. We have something within us that wants to adore and worship and put on a pedestal something or somebody. And we see that in, the modern, in modern life with, you know, celebrities. There's an idol worship of them. It's as if it, there's something within our heart that has to give ultimate worth. But it might not just be celebrities. All of us are doing that with something. See, I would question that ever so slightly because mm. I think that, I mean, we can't actually answer if that's true because the thing is, in, the way we get brought up is that we are surrounded by that it's like you know we get bought up and and we see things on television you know you go back and uh you've got a a famous musician or you you know go back even further and you got to say they say oh i am you know in charge of this area you must bow down to me <laughs> you know and so forth There's, we've been yeah. people are forced to kind of worship this yeah. kind of but but what what is it that we need like beyond that, take all of that away. What do we actually want? Do we want to do that naturally? Or is it well, a I case think, well, that we just... So worship, when I say use the word worship, I mean give ultimate worth and value to. So everybody is looking at something and saying, if I have that, then I know I'm okay. And it could be good things, you know, family, material success, oh, okay. career advancement. And we look at something to say, if things were taken away from me, then it'd be okay because I still have dot, 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 whatever that fill, fills that gap. So if you like, we're creating something that that is our bottom line, the thing that you could take everything away from me, but you can't take that away from me. Now, one of the big challenges about that is that life is so fragile. Life is transient. Um, you know, again, I talked in previous podcasts, I talked about my friend uh, Abhishek Banerjee, who died in 2014 at the age of 32. And one of the things that really hit hard with me was just how transient life is and how it can go. And so what am I investing in? What am I putting my hope and confidence in? And so people, you know, put their hope and confidence in, you know, if I made a million dollars, made a million pounds, you know, if I married the woman of my dreams, if I had children, they don't necessarily be bad things. But what happens is we put too much emphasis on it. We expect more than it can give. And I think it's particularly relevant as we try to live in wisdom and dance with wisdom in, in our lives is the fact that we live in one of the most advanced, well, in the most advanced stage of, you know, it always is the most advanced stage in human history. But in the sense, we have so much and yet we were promised, you know, we were promised that with the rise of technology, we'd be working less. We were promised with the advance of technology that we would somehow be, be happier and we be more fulfilled. And yet there's a deep sense, I would say, in our culture and society of disappointment. We have all the information, we have all the education, we have all these resources available to us, and yet we're still not happy. And I'd say that's because we've created idols in our lives as things that we've made too important that ultimately cannot fulfill, cannot satisfy. But also with idols as well, though, whatever that idol may be, you are relying that what they're giving you is correct and the right thing to follow. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and who's to say who's to say that it is? I mean, you watch some of these, you know, programs like, you know, I love I love such and such on Love Island, or I love <laughs> such and such in Made in Chelsea. Was like, well, 
great, but please don't act like it. You know, yes, I mean, right. you know, so for me, it's like, you know, what, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? What are you? I'll tell you what, if you're being your true self, that's probably a pretty good idol to kind of follow. If you're, if you're dancing with wisdom, you're, even if you're just beginning your journey yes. to dance with wisdom, then that's a pretty good idol to follow yourself. So what do you mean? A good, a good. A... So what I'm saying is, is that if you've got, yeah. you, if you're looking externally for some someone to worship, yes. you know, for someone to say, you are my idol, I'm going to be like you. And you won't say that consciously, but you'll always be looking for something as your ultimate, basically. Yeah, so what if you can look within yourself and find yeah. the wisdom within yourself to go on a better path to dance with wisdom? Yes. Then surely that is better to follow than to try and follow an idol. Yeah, I mean, I would take it a step further because I think you've got to have a, have a right view of yourself. We talked about that in managing one's ego. But I'm still, part of managing my ego is understanding how conflicted I am. And so there's this search for perfection, this search for the ultimate thing, person that will, that will satisfy and bring, bring what I long for. And Lewis, C.S. Lewis, um, again, as he often does, says some amazing things. And he says, and this is on page 112, uh, he vividly describes how in the physical world we can see instances where the longing for our desire is fulfilled. So he talks about a duckling wants to swim, so there's such a thing as, as water. He talks about erotic sexual arousal, and there is such a thing as sex, which in our day and culture seeks fulfillment in a whole variety of ways. But then he says something which is fascinating. He says, if I find in myself a desire for, for something that nothing in this world can fulfill, then it must be that I was made for another world. And his point being that we long for things. And yet, you know, it, 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 it's, it's hard to explain, but we've all experienced, you know, you've always wanted to have something and you get it. And it may be a good thing getting married, having children, getting the job that you've always wanted. And it's great, but it's not quite enough to fully satisfy. And what happens is that people say, you know, if I got that, then I'd be happy. But as we've advanced, particularly in the Western world, particularly as for those of us who are wealthy, and you know, anybody watching this on YouTube or listening to this on a podcast, you're part of the wealthy world. You know, no matter what you think of, you know, compare yourself to others. You know, we are staggering wealthy, all of us who are able to access this. We have so much, and yet we're still not satisfied. And I think Lewis would say is that you're putting all your longing and emotion onto something that ultimately is not going to satisfy, because. Those desires cannot be filled in this world, fulfilled. But we keep on putting that. And then, you know, we have some celebrity, for example, who we put all our, you know, emotional investment in, and then they let us down, they disappoint us. All that thing we think, oh, you know, I get that job, I get that money, I get that relationship. And, and it's never quite enough. But I think there is a, a way, I think that in life, there is a way of having enough in split seconds, but it's maintaining it. You see, yeah, and uh, yeah. so this, so what you're basically getting to here, so I'm a bit squeaky over here yeah. um, on these seats, but what you get to is effectively the ultimate connection to, to God. Yes. Okay, which I completely agree, and it actually links in with what I was going to say. So there are these moments, like let's say with my children, for example. Now, I'd, now for anyone who may not have children and um, 
and they might go, oh, yeah, you know, about children, talk about children, talk about children. But the bottom line is that there is a moment of pure love. Yes, that's right. Yeah. When you first, like, when I think about holding my children and even seeing my wife, I mean, I remember after my, my daughter was born, I remember looking at my wife thinking, wow, men are the weaker sex. There's no, there's no, no, and I genuinely mean <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the men are the weak sex, just yeah. hands down. Yeah, and, but, and but emotionally, the, often they are stronger than, than us men, yeah. They, 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 yeah, I think they are stronger in many, many, many ways, yeah. you know. And then, I, and then I think of my son as well, mm. and I'm smiling now, just thinking about it. And there was that moment where I just felt, ultimate love and contentment and there was something heavenly about it and if i could have stayed in that moment <laughs> obviously they grow up see, yes that's right, that's right. if i could stay in that moment yes i would be content yes. and it was nothing to do with money it was nothing no. to do with house nothing to do with car it was nothing to do with any of that yes. it was heavenly which i feel like a newborn is, child yeah that's which right. i feel like is tied in to what you're ultimately saying about the connection to god yes you see it was heavenly and I think that again, what's fascinating about that is that that's what makes wisdom so wonderful and mysterious as well, is the fact that it it connects us, you know, the, the big word for it is, is existential, you know, the whole bigger picture about why I'm here, what is the purpose of our existence? Because with a birth, we're brought face to face with a profound mystery, a mystery of goodness, and just it's awe-inspiring. Do you feel, now we're talking about idols. Mm. We're talking about removing our idols. Yes. And I think, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to happen. Right. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that people are too wrapped up in the television. I think they're too wrapped <laughs> up in, uh, quick, come on, come on here and, and be a star for a little while. You may have to take yes. off your top and, and oh, right, you yeah, know, yeah. pull down your pants, but, you know, you're going to get on there. And I, people are just tied to that. People do feel that. That's but, fascinating. You see, yeah, it's fascinating you say that, yeah. But I do, yeah. th- But I do. however, yes. with that in mind, so it then leads to my next question. Yeah. Let's just say, for example, it can't happen for everybody. Let's just say, I, I think it, it can, yes. but let's just say I, people aren't perhaps strong enough, whatever, to do that. It leads, let's look at it from another angle. Yes. Do the celebrity... Of the world, and I want to put um, like sort of like world leaders in there as well. Yeah. Okay, do they have an obligation to study wisdom really intently? So the content that they're passing down. You take Judy Dench. I really admire Judy Dench. Oh, I think she, I, I think she's phenomenal. I yeah. look at her and I like, you know, great. And I'm sure she would be here and say, "Oh, I've made lots of mistakes and everything like that." Sure, sure. But I look at her and I think, do you know what? Oh, the way she's conducted her life. Oh, what you know? From what one, we can see, what from a what, talent! What a talent! From what we can see, yeah, yeah, from what we can see. But yeah, good, good point. But but for me, you know, I think self. That's I feel like a healthy celebrity out there because yeah. she's not going. I'm a celebrity. Look yeah. at me. Look at me. Look at me. She is there. She is a celebrity because of her status. She's following what she does. So do people do um, idols so she's taking her leadership she's taking the prominent role she's acting with responsibility because she's aware responsibility she's aware that of the of the fact that people are watching her the fact that she's that people are looking to her as a role model and so she's careful at, as far as we can tell she's careful about the way she speaks the way she behaves because she knows that people are looking to her for cues and i think that you know that's certainly wisdom but i think she's also been true to herself yeah good yeah you know, I think she's been true to herself. I think I think she's um, sort of a beautiful human being. Yes. And and I think that, and there are lots of people out there like that, of course. Yeah. But I do, but I think that. But so often what we see in the world is people who don't take that responsibility, people who 
who are quick to be critical, condemning, well, and, and nasty in, in, in their comments and the way that they live without any sort of fear of the consequences or any sense of responsibility that they owe to the younger generation or to others or even to themselves, basically. And that is, you know, that is a world that, that, that's living without wisdom. I mean, I do want to pick you up on something else you said a little bit earlier mm. on, but it's really important, I think. This issue of idolatry is that I said, you know, the human heart is an idol factory. And, and if we take that thought, that concept, we have intense longing and desires in our hearts. And they are so powerful that they direct us much more than we realize. You know, we're ultimately emotional beings driven by our emotions much more than we give credit for. We like to say that we're logical. We like to say that we think rationally, but actually emotions drive us much more powerfully. And, you know, so for, I mean, there's a quick example of that, you know, so you, you meet somebody and you decide, actually, I don't like that person. And then you find reasons mm-hmm. for not to like them. And, and we do that in a split second. And the point I'm trying to make here is that those intense longings nothing in this world can fulfill. And one of the big ways, you know, is that that happens is through the whole area of sexual desire. Malcolm Muggeridge had a quote, which is always relevant. He says to, he said, when a man goes to a prostitute, he's actually on a search for God. And that sounds quite a... Yeah, it's quite a strong... Quite a strong thing to say. And I think one of the points about, about, I mean, being made there is this issue, is that, Sexual desire, in a sense, is one of the big idols of, of our day and culture. And we're seeing that, you know, in the way it, it's portrayed through the media, as well as the experimentation more and more in terms of different forms of sexuality, different issues around transgender, a huge amount of areas, okay? It's very controversial, very topical. People talking about their identities based on their sexuality. But actually, I think, what would Lewis say? What would... Martin Luther say, who, who, who said the human heart is an idol factory, saying is that we're making sex into an idol that it can never deliver. Hmm. We're putting that at the centre rather than seeing it in the context of everything else. I mean, ultimately, sex is a good thing. I mean, none of us would be here if it wasn't for sex. Mm. God created it. Well, no, I I got brought in by the stork. (laughs) I've seen Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) But the point I'm trying to make, though, is that is, you know, sex is like fire. So when it's in the fireplace, then it, it brings warmth, it brings comfort, it brings nurturing. And that's a wonderful thing. But you take sex out of the, you take the fire out of the fireplace, you can burn down a whole house. You can destroy a whole mm. life. And this is one of the things, because those are intense longings and desires. And what we've done with sex as an idol is we've made it, you know, we, you know, with our promiscuous culture, we said, you know, with anybody, anytime, any, anywhere, with who I want, so long as it's between consenting adults. That's what we've said. But that, in a sense, look at, look at the consequences of what that's created in our world in terms of broken families, children growing up without father figures or mother figures. You know, we're almost blind to recognising that. And we've done the same thing with money. In a sense, if you think about, you know, the 2008 financial crisis, what was that? That was about financial promiscuity. That was about just saying, you know, we'll lend money to anybody, anytime, anywhere. You know, we'll rise up all this debt, emotionally driven by greed. Mm. So these are big things, you know. Um, and the only way to remove those idols is by showing that there's actually something more beautiful and more longing. I, I just want to quote Lewis. Lewis. I mean, Lewis has got great things. 
This is what he says. He says it was this is on page 113. It says it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Yeah. Well, do you know, that's, it's, it's interesting because one thing else that I wanted to just bring up before we, before we wrap it up today as well is that it's so easy to be an idol now. Yeah. So let's just say, right, we are on YouTube right now. Yeah. So yeah. some people are going to be watching this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And there are people who can create their, create their channels yeah. and they can go yeah, out and they can just exactly. pick something to moan about and they will just shout about it and shout about it and sure. shout about it. And people will latch onto that, latch onto that, and they go, yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm going to get angry with you. Yes. I'm going to get angry with you. Well, that's not wisdom. No. That's not dancing in wisdom. I mean, what kind of energy is it producing? It's producing well, a very negative, a negative en- energy. A very negative energy. Yeah. I mean, have your, have, your, have your say. Yeah. But there's a way to have and a say. And speak but out against injustice and things that are wrong. Absolutely. But you've got to find a way to do that that brings life and it, you know it, it's very easy to be critical I mean, and I've, you know, I've been there I'm critical condemning criticizing much easier to it's much easier to criticize condemn and complain much much easier because then you see it's always the other person's problem it's always their problem it's always their fault i don't have to do anything okay well i'll tell you what i'm, I'm going to actually finish uh, today's podcast on a question that's mm. on page 115 and it's under your review questions to consider Mm. and before you do a quick wrap up of today i want to read this okay it's question number one and i'd love all the listeners to just take a moment to think about this question and apply it to their lives and it's how aware are you of the idols you have created in your own heart and are looking to for meaning and satisfaction and mike i'm going to add on add on if i may um, just tell me about and I have to ask yourself this one question. Is it healthy? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I, I mean, is, is, it, is it healthy what, what, you're, what you're doing there? And yeah. should you be applying things that Sunil's been talking about in the earlier podcast? And would you find more peace and effectively more wisdom yeah. doing that instead? So talk us, through, talk us through today's podcast. I'm sure we will be coming yeah. back to this. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about the whole issue of idolatry and about how the human heart is an idol factory. And what we mean by that is this over-desire. There's, there, there's a New Testament word called epithemia, you know, Greek word, which means longing and wanting something. But wanting to think too much. And we're always doing that to something. And, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, the big examples of money, sex and power is another one. But we do that even with good things. We expect too much. We put too much load onto things in this world that ultimately cannot deliver. And it's, you know, removing our idols is realizing that ultimately I'm, there's nothing in this life that will ultimately satisfy. And that's why I think one of the big tragedies of our, of our modern world that is in Western secular thinking that leads to cynicism is that we say that this life is all there is, that you die and then that's it. Finito, finish, nothing. What does that mean? That means I've got all my investments are here. You know, books like 100 Things to Do Before I Die. No, no, you are made for another world. You are made for something much greater and much more wonderful and glorious than this. And that's what this quest for wisdom is about. 
and say thank you for joining us on this. But keep listening because we're going to talk more about what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so in depth. And remember, if you do have questions, do let us know. You can, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can write a, a comment below and we will um, read through that. And uh, leave you, if you're happy to, leave your name as well or give a fake name and we will uh, do our best to discuss that in the podcast. And of course, if you're listening to a podcast, we really appreciate a five-star review so you can, um, so other people can benefit and enjoy the podcast. So do share it with your friends. If you'd like to get a hold of us directly, Sunil? Yeah, so if you go to drsunil.com, you can contact us through, through, through the website. There we go. And you can get a hold of me directly. That's Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, at monkeynutuk.com. I always say that, Sunil, because in all my life, do you know what? Hmm. All my life, it's always been two L's, one T. Yeah, oh. or the other way around. It's always been that. It's never been two L's, two T's. It's crazy. And of course, you can get us on the Monkey Nut Audiobooks Facebook and Instagram page. So um, thanks for us. Great content. I'll see you at the next one. Thanks. Thank you, Elliot. You've been listening to the Dancing with Wisdom podcast, presented by Sunil Rahija and Elliot Frisbee. For details on the Dancing with Wisdom book and its accompanying workbook, please visit drsunil.com. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, then please share it, give it a thumbs up on YouTube and help it to grow by giving it a nice review. Life's challenges can diminish, define or develop you. Which one will it be? Make sure you hunger for the wise one. The choice is yours.